The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Liberty Action Alert with Greg Seltz. Sponsored by our friends at the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty here in Washington, D.C. A program that cuts through the chaos and confusion in the culture today by talking to kingdom citizenship. Bold biblical principles for a robust public Christian life. And now your host, Dr. Greg Seltz. Good day, good day, Washington, D.C., and friends of the program all across the country. I'm Greg Seltz. Welcome to Liberty Action Alert. Today on the Liberty Action Alert, we're privileged to have again Craig Mueller. He's the director of the LCMS ministry to the armed forces, and of course, he's a chaplain. And amazingly enough, we need to talk about something today uh, that has to do with abortion and the military, but we'll get to that in a second. Great to have you again on, Craig. How are you today? Oh, wonderful, Greg. Thanks for having me. I appreciate all the work you guys do and uh, kind of in our own little partnership here, trying to protect people's liberties just to function in this public square. Well, and you know, I think people need to understand that that's the whole point. We're supposed to be in the middle of all this stuff. We're supposed to be in the mix and uh, it's the word of God that is powerful, not us. Um, but that means God's law and God's gospel have a role to play in the work that we do. And so here we are in the middle of something that I just find incredible. Uh, we're, you know, this notion that all life is sacred, which should be something that people aspire to. Even, even your enemies' lives are, are sacred, and there's a responsibility that we have to dealing with each other that way. Well, here we are now where the military and, and I don't know if this is by force of law or order, so you're going to have to explain this to me, but the Department of Defense is jumping into the abortion issue, and they're claiming that this is necessary for military readiness and national security. And so from your perspective, because you're in the middle of all this stuff, and you got to counsel guys and gals who are our fighting force, uh, how did we get here? What What is this all about? Well, thanks, Greg. Yeah, that, this just really caught me by surprise, too. I mean... This has been a topic that the military, because of, uh, you know, the government not being able to fund because of the Hyde Amendment for so many years. Right. The military stayed out of topics like this, um, but they voluntarily, I just was shocked when I saw the early bird, which I read every day. That's basically a summary of all things happening in the military, just some highlights. And they had this study here that Rand did that showed that the military uh Readiness and national security could be at jeopardy because of the Supreme Court decision on the Dobbs case. I was like, what is this all about? So it made me dig into it. It's like, and then when I read that study, it was put together quickly by uh, Rand, Mm -hmm. but it was clearly uh, no interviews. It was just quickly some old statistics of unplanned pregnancies, you know, how many women are in the military. And they went there. I'm just surprised the Department of Defense actually. Uh, thought that this somehow would impact our readiness and national security. We're just off coming off of uh, lawsuits where they, without worrying about it, got rid of thousands of people uh, who wouldn't take the vaccination. And they right. were military readiness then, and they still aren't. They're still insisting on that. I mean, then you're sending healthy, you know, soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Coast Guardsmen home because they won't take a shot. And then here you're saying our, security is in jeopardy because we may not have access to abortion in some states or. Yeah. And, you know, think, think that through, you just pointed out some incredibly in a succinct way, 
um, you know, the Hyde Amendment, the, that the military was out of this thing before. And folks, uh, you know, you're going to have to think clearly about this stuff. The Supreme Court didn't do anything to abortion except say that it's not a constitutional federal issue. It's something that the states all can regulate. And there are states now, I just read, where California, they've got this thing now where there, there's a bill where you can take a vacation in California on their dime and they'll give you an abortion along with it. And I'm just thinking, so please don't say to us that now this is an this issue is so pertinent when it's not. And then the Hyde Amendment is is still in force, which is that the government's not going to pay for it. And and so you just pointed that out. So how do they get to military readiness? You know, it seems convoluted because again, what is the military for? And 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 I guess that's the question. They're supposed to kill our enemies and break things in support of freedom. And they have a very, very narrow focus of what they're called to do. And we're supposed to put a fighting force together that's ready for this. How does abortion get involved in that discussion? Yeah, good point, Greg. I was trying to think. I know that, uh, you know, because we do have more women serving in the military and, and understandably so if they are uh, pregnant, there's a limited, you know, deployments and operational things that they can do for a certain period, you know, until the baby is born. And then, uh, you know, a few weeks, whatever the policy is after that. Uh, but it clearly is not a uh, impact of readiness. We've been doing that all these years before that court, Supreme Court decision. So like you said, nothing's really changed except for they may have to go, if they happen to live in a state that's more uh, conservative, they may have to drive across the state line or whatever you know, to, to kill their baby. But I think the, the point of this made me dig into this RAND study was just really disheartening because I'm not sure how they got all this together, but they clearly it's almost two paragraphs that I pulled out of it. It's really not about access to abortion. It's all about money. They okay. had graphs talking about how much money it's going to cost the DOD to bring these babies to term because they have, uh, you know, maternal leave. They have all the hospital care, all the care for the baby. I, I was just, I'm in shock. And if you're, you know, listeners ever want to get a copy, it's a public information that, that RAND study, it's not a very long document, but I have a PDF copy. And I'm just still in shock when I saw that, that uh, literally say it's really because it's going to cost the government so much money to let the babies live. Right. And it's like, and then the other thing that really was disheartening to me is when they use the military as a, a weapon to promote abortion is there are a lot of pro-life women who are serving our military right. who have no backing at all for abortion, never even considered it, but they act like every woman who wears the uniform of our nation is, you know, pro-abortion and wants, you know, to access this. I mean, sure there are, every society, part of society has that, but right. it's just so unfair that the military decided to use this and try to make it like a national security issue. Well, and that's, I think that's the kind of stuff Again, where they say, well, this demonstrate. No, it doesn't. This is ad hoc studies that kind of talk euphemistically about the pressures that will now suddenly be on. And like you said, they're talking about babies being costly. Well, if that's now the viability issue is whether it's costly to us as parents, there's no limit to where you can kill children, you know, because they're not really viable. 
until several years uh, after they're born because they still are utterly dependent on us. What an incredible thing. I think this is kind of a Hippocratic Oath moment. I mean, people need to start to really understand what's going on here. You know, for the doctors, uh, they they take this this oath that that they will not they will do everything in their power to protect life and to to heal life. They they break that oath when they suddenly say, here's how I'm going to kill you. And so there's that that boundary to their capability that says this far and no farther. Well, it would seem to me that if you're in the military to protect our liberties, to protect our way of life, that you're willing to give your life and even take the life of an enemy uh, to protect that, that the last thing you'd want to do is be a part of the fighting force who then takes their the lives of their own children. You know, whether it's men pressuring women to get abortions or whether it's women having having those abortions. If that's where you're at, it doesn't seem like the military and that mindset uh, can coexist. You know, so is this what, what's the scuttlebutt on the on the ground? I mean, yeah, clearly, Greg, I, I see this as just really a political action to use. You know, we talked a little bit offline about using an institution. And I think people, yeah, I don't think now I, I know that there are and it's sad and so my chaplains have shared with me stories of some of our female military personnel who did get an abortion so they could deploy or further their career uh you know but it was rare and it was you know it's just sad like you said if we all of a sudden say it's okay to kill your own baby so you can go kill an enemy you know what do we become you know in our own uh country mm-hmm. and in fact I, i'd like to share with you greg i one of my good friends who used to be a, psychi- a psychologist in the air force uh got to know her through a couple of events. Uh, she did. Here's what she wrote me when I asked her about this situation. She goes, devastating decisions and damaging long-term to those parents. I counseled active duty women that had an abortion to avoid losing a promotion opportunity or the perceived need to separate to care for family. If only some of those women were willing to speak to leadership about the impact on them, especially after the time of service had ended. You know, again, we know that, and you know, Greg, better than right. I do. And our Lutherans for Life folks, the stuff that doesn't get in the news about the devastating moral injury that happens, you know, you just can't do this and walk away. You know, there's... there's well, it, and, and, and on top of that, though, and I think what we're talking about today, too, uh, that's an individual story. Those are individual pressures. And, and those are the kind of things that chaplains like yourself come alongside of and counsel and support. Even if you speak the truth and the truth, something that hurts. Yes, that's an individual situation. We're talking here about the institution being corrupted by this. And and that's where it's at another level for me. It, it's kind of like the Hyde Amendment. You know, if, yep. if there's some way where you're going to go get an abortion and Man, it's a devastating thing. And we can, we, you know, my wife has uh, been in the pro life clinics in New York City. It's a devastating thing to the people who are struggling with it, who are faced by it and all that. And we come alongside of people, but it's a whole different thing when the, by force of government or the government pays for it or incentivizes it. And I think that's what I wish people understood. That's what we're talking about here. The personal, it's another aspect of that. But when the corporate becomes part of it, then that's a whole nother thing. Like you said, there's all these pro-life women who are serving in the military. And now suddenly they're kind of the enemy of the state, just like the vaccination situation. And it's just something that the institution itself should not be a part of. Isn't that kind of where we're at with it, at least at this point? Oh, absolutely, Greg. Again, that's why I kind of was just like, 
shell-shocked, to use a military term. But when I read that article, I said, man, they can't be serious. I said, they can't, you know, that they actually, the institution, as you mentioned, hired, ran to do this, you know, clearly so they could have some ammunition to get into this debate. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's just hijacking the institution. That's whole mission is to defend our country, our borders, uh, our liberties, and to bring in the you know those who volunteer to serve as an institution to bring it into this situation. It's just crazy. Right. And now again, has this? Uh, yeah. Well, think about it too. The constitutional right to life. I mean, you, you right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's what draws people into the military to protect the country and to protect and to serve. And it would seem to me that the right to abortion would be at least contradicting in some way uh, that constitutional principle. And uh, okay, well, on, on, like I said, on the ground, it, it just seems like in your work, and, and I think this is why I appreciate talking to you, because if, you know, as a chaplain, this stuff hits you guys before it hits the, the church in the public square out in the country. But if it hits you guys and overruns you, then it's coming for us. And I think that's what people need to see. And so, Again, what I love about your work is that you have dealt with some of these things on the ground already. You have dealt with women in the military who get pregnant. You know, we've even talked about, you know, remember it used to be that you could get uh, dismissed if you were a overseer who had sex with an underling or something like that. I mean, now it just seems like we're, we're just saying, well, we're not going to even talk about those kinds of moral, ethical ways of being a soldier. Now we're just going to deal with the aftermath. But even there, you guys deal with these things on the ground and you've got virtuous people. You've got people of character who really are trying to fight for our country, male and female. And it would seem to me that that's where this thing ultimately needs to be worked out. And I think you guys are already working it out there. So uh, talk about how this is undermining that kind of work. Appreciate it. I hope I'm tracking you on this. I think, yes, yeah, the institution, you know, we all took an oath uh, to serve, uh, obviously support and defend the Constitution of the United States, to be a member of the military, as well as the orders of those appointed over us. Mm-hmm. And the whole institution is now getting into a moral quagmire of things that are not our mission. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, I'm, I tell you, I'm just still processing this. I mean, yeah. Much shocked that the military would even wade into this and try to make this an issue uh, for readiness or, or national defense when clearly it's not. I mean, it's well. It, so I guess maybe something we should all learn from this, folks, is these kinds of things can be hoisted on us. Um, here's an institution that has a very specific charge, a very focused charge, like we just said, military readiness for deployment to protect and serve the our country against uh, enemies, foreign and domestic. That's their charge. And now suddenly here's a cultural thing that really has very little to do with that charge. And it's being hoisted on them as an institution. So that that's, again, the kind of thing that we need to deal with, because these are moral issues in our culture and uh, the church, our schools, our preschools, all those things, those institutions will will be challenged by these things, too. But be very specific. Right. I mean, try to, again, say if you're talking to people about these issues. Let's first ask the question, what's the institution supposed to do? <laughs> you know, And let's at least talk there. And it seems like this study was designed to actually obfuscate there because, like you said, it, it, it didn't become about military readiness. What did you say? It became about the cost to the military, right? The big sections in there. And I get it. I mean, they, the reason they did this is they were trying to 
lead it by you know the amount of women serving. So if they're out of commission, it will right. impact our national defense. But of course, the, again, that's not taking into account any of those who are, we already have them. So we're already surviving. You know, right. some are pro-life and some are choosing to get out, you know, and some are choosing to stay in. Uh, as you mentioned before, that's a personal issue. That's where we work on it one-on-one case. But for a whole institution now to make, you know, a young mother feel guilty because they want to have the baby instead of going have an abortion so they can deploy with their unit, right. you know, and fight, you know, now they're going to feel like, wow, my institution, my boss is, if I was really a good soldier, I'd have this abortion and then I'd go out and fight, you know, or deploy. It's like, right. this is crazy. Why would we ever put a young person in that decision? It's like, we should be supporting them, you know, in their, in their family. We're all about family, take care of our families and their support. But, yeah, it's it's sad, but I think it does come down to um, money in in many respects. It's a lot easier. Again, this is just what uh, one of my chaplains on the ground said. You know, you can have an abortion, you know, a day or two out of the office, but if you have the baby, you've got all the medical appointments, you've got the uh, maternity leave. You know, it could, you know, and that's going to cost money and time. And so, why wouldn't the institution say, "Hey"? You know, just have the abortion, have your family later. You know, now's the time for you to be in the war. So, yeah, crazy. Well, well, again, folks, you know, so um, before I ask uh, Chaplain Mueller, what can we do for him and, and how can we be supportive? Again, this goes down to the issue of what, what really is life about? I mean, you know, how important is family to a society? Uh, how do men and women look at marriage and then look at children? And when you start to actually talk this way, this cost-effective way, whether it's a man in his career, a woman in her career, all these kinds of things, when the children become superfluous to us or our cost-benefit basis for us, that's a scary society to live in because now, now you have people of, of all kinds of opportunity who can say, well, this life is not really worth living, so I think I'm going to dispose of it. Well, it, it, that's really something that is a fundamental challenge in our society. And the fact that our military is now being mixed up in this is, is kind of scary, but that's where we're at. So, all right, uh, Chaplain Mueller, here's my question to you. I, I mean, A, what can we do, obviously, for you, but also our our our, our fighting men and women? I mean, how can we be supportive? Because this, like you said, has got to be incentivizing a whole different way of thinking about their service. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think, uh, well, one, what you're just doing, I think a big part of it is just getting our heads out of the sand. And like I said, I'm still in shell shock. From, <laughs> you know, right. I've been living this for forever. It's like, I didn't think they'd go there, but we have to realize this is real. And it, it has consequences to to make aware, do you know, your, your local civilian, your congressman, your senators, that to make them aware that we do not want the military to endorse killing babies so that more people can deploy and fight for our nation. I mean, it's right. just crazy for the institution. So I think number one is just being aware of it and then speaking out in the public square in your, you know, backyard when you're having a barbecue with your family or <laughs> when you're sitting <laughs> or whatever you're doing, you know, talk about these issues that everybody tries to go away from and say, hey, you know, how does this have anything to do with uh, military readiness? I mean, this is, like you said, Greg, so well, we're all pro-family. We want, why can't this young 
man or woman who's serving our country selflessly have a family? Right. Why can't they do that without fear of being looked down on because they didn't do something that went against their conscience or their moral values? So I think the biggest win is just awareness and, of course, obviously uh, praying and supporting, but I think and encouraging our young people because we have plenty of money for other things. You know, if we need to buff up the Department of Defense so they can afford to give more care for mothers, we should do that rather than <laughs> push right. them towards the abortion clinic. You know, say, how, how can we help uh, provide support for young mothers who serve in the military? Is there enough? I think that the answer to just not have the baby is just crazy but yeah well again as if that's an answer and i think that and so again i think i love that you you pointed out i don't know if it was a fellow chaplain or or a gal that was um, a psychologist who talked about the effects i mean there's obvious effects uh not just physiological but socio socio uh, psychological even social effects that women deal with after having abortions that everyone just says, well, you know, we're sweeped that under the rug. It's time to deploy. Well, it's not that easy. Are people coming to you and saying, chaplain, what are we going to do about this from the, from the ground? Um, are you seeing that with the, the men and women who are under your care? Well, it's too early. Well, it's too early for this part, but there's key, like you said earlier, you know, the personal side of it, this has always been going on. Right. Someone made that decision. Well, this will help me get my promotion. So, you know, they, so it's usually at least again this could be anecdotal or just for my chaplains or my own personal experience but you know it's two three four five six years down the road that uh, and i know that studies you know, people a lot smarter than me know that that you know then when they want to have child or children the abortion may have you know messed them up medically right. so now they can't even have children or there's other effects um so yeah it's all pastoral care and a decision and, and i guess my plea is that the institution doesn't make anyone feel compelled that that's the only way they can get promoted or succeed. We've worked so hard in the past years until the last four or five years saying that they can serve, have your family, we'll protect you, we'll provide for you, you know, the benefits. And now we're turning around and saying, well, wait, this might be getting too more ex too expensive. Maybe the better option is to, you know, limit how many kids you can have, or maybe you can't have any kids at all while you serve in the military. I mean, where's the institution going to draw the line? Wow. You know, you just what you just said just made it all come clear to me because overnight the institution will be compelling people to be looking at children as if you have children and have a family, you consider that in, in whether or not you're going to make it in this career. And that's exactly the that's the kind of thing we've been fighting. You know, we we said men who were that sold out on their career, wake up, man, your family's more important than that. I mean, yeah, you need to provide. But even when back when we were, you know, becoming young pastors, we were like, gosh, we got to get our men to see that that being fathers is the is the big deal. And now here we have an institution that is pressuring men and women. To, to, to take this kill the child so that you can make it in this career. You you couldn't have written this script 25 years ago. No, you couldn't. Not at all. Well, listen, we support your work. We're going to pray for you because, like I said, Christians are meant to be in the middle of this chaos because we uh, bring the wisdom as well as the the love of God into the middle of all this. And his, you know, like like the Bible says, if you abide in him, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And there's a whole lot of bondage in this discussion. And so, you know, we pray for your work. You're meant to be in the middle of this chaos. <laughs> but if there's any way we can be of service to you, um, Craig, please continue to let us know and fight the good fight because men and women 
uh, need you to do that. And then our country needs the their fighting force to be ready to go. Thank you so much, Greg. Yeah, your program and your office there, it's so critical to educate, speak out in the public square. So I appreciate you bringing a shout out to this. You know, it may die off. They may have just put this out there and then they realize this wasn't a good idea and back off. But the fact that they even went this far, our, our American people need to know. They need right. to keep an eye on their institutions that, you know, we're supporting uh, our families. Right. Well, we will let, I'm going to be in a couple of meetings here, the values action team of the house and the Senate, and we will make sure that they hear from us. Thanks to you. So again, uh, Craig, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it very much. Lord be with you. Thanks for tuning in today to get to know our LCRL DC work better. Check out our website at lcrlfreedom.org. Till next time, God bless you always. I'm Greg Sells. Have a great week. You've been listening to Liberty Action Alert with Greg Seltz, Executive Director of the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty in Washington, D.C. This program has been brought to you by the Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty. 